We're going to be over in Mark chapter 4, looking over some of the things about parables. And I noticed that there's a particular thing, I don't know if it doesn't quite come out as a parable, but it still has a lot of the traits of the parables. And I noticed that when we went through parables before, we didn't go over this one. So we're going to take some time and, and to look at that and to go over some of the, the principles were here. But as we get this, this ready, I put up a, a, a video teaching on Monday with Brother Rick Renner. How many people got a chance to watch it? Raise your hand up if you got a chance to watch. All right. How many people did not get a chance to watch it just yet? All right. You're going to be missing some stuff here for today. There's actually some, some things on there that would help you give you a visual, but um, you'll have to just go home and, and see it later. But uh, Brother Rick had a visual on this that I am not able to accomplish. And so um, we'll, you'll get a chance to go home and see it. But those of you who saw it, we're going to be doing some referring to something in particular that he was teaching on that. <clears throat> now, I was thinking about going over in this, this follow-up to the parable of the sower and looking at some examples of how people let the mature seed work in them. And then Wednesday night came. And Wednesday night, we did that. So if you were not here on Wednesday night, you didn't get a chance to look at Wednesday night, just go and find Wednesday night, and you'll get the example of it, because really, while we were at in Ezra, just we happened to come to Ezra chapter 10. In Ezra chapter 10, and looking over the book of Ezra, we will see how the Word was productive in them. And in fact, we got to see how the Word was delivered in three different ways, and how even though sometimes they were not perfect, the Word was still productive in them. So there's some great things that you can learn on that. Even if you didn't get to tune in to the rest of Ezra, if you want to tune in on that one, uh, head on up there and you can find that on the podcast. You can see that in the video feeds, all the different ones that we, we have there. If you have any trouble finding it, just let me know and I will be happy to get, get you in, in touch with that. But, uh, over the last couple of weeks, we looked at the understanding that Jesus talked about first that you have to understand. If you don't understand the, the word, then the word can be stolen. So we spent a, a week on that. We spent a week on the unproductive soils. We saw an example of Mary and Martha, Martha and how each of those unproductive soils was at work in them. And last week we looked at the fruitful or the productive soil. And we also looked at what that fruit would be. Just in review about that because this is real important for you to get. To be fruitful with the seed is to be one who, number one, Produces, and that was Matthew's perspective on it. Matthew used the word produce. And so we see with the three gospels that covered it, we got three different perspectives of what the fruitful seed was. Matthew was produce. It was to take the word, to take what you understand and put it to work, have it do something in your life. If we do that, if we put the word to work, it is part of the doing. That is part of the production. That is part of being fruitful. Then we went over in Mark's gospel. Mark used the word welcome. Except. Another trans, one translation put it welcome. Another one put it except. That this means to receive or admit with approval. And we use the example with, uh, holiday time. How many are going through your holidays and we're thinking about making people feel welcome? I hope so. That was part of the intent. <laughs> that all day long it might be reminding you about, about some of these things. That, uh, you were either admitted into a home with approval or you admitted other people into your home with approval. Some kind of a thing like that was going on. And there's a, we looked at the things that 
you could tell that someone was welcome, that they were admitted. And we took a look at the uh, AARP. Remember that? First off, you were given proper attention. Secondly, there was good attitude. Because bad attitude will tell you, I'm not welcome here. They made room for you. There was a place setting at the table. And there were provisions made. Somebody made some food. Things were ready. This all is what makes you feel welcome. This is what we do with the word. Give the word proper attention. Give it the right attitude. Make room for it in your life. And make sure that you make the proper provisions to see that it's done. The third one, the third perspective we have was Luke. And his word was keep. To hold firmly or to hold fast. One who is holding fast this be one who's holding fast to what was spoken. So I heard what was spoken and I hold fast to that. You behave like one who is desperate to see the thing come about. Remember, that's the word that was used, that they saw the, the uh, island after they've been in the sea, in the storm, and they saw the island and it used the same word. They held fast that they saw that island. They pressed for it. They swam for it. They did everything they could to get themselves over there. And he also threw in the word patient. And that you are patient in your holding and won't just let go just because it didn't happen right away. That was all from last week. But here this week we're going to take a look at Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4 verse 21. Jesus is still instructing the disciples about the parable. And this is what he uses as he... This is the verse we left off at in, in Mark's gospel. But this is what he begins to say. And he said to them, Is a lamp brought to be under... A basket or under a bed? Is it not to be set on a lampstand? For there is nothing hidden which will not be revealed, nor has anything been kept secret, but that it should come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And he said to them, Take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you, and to you, and to you who hear, more will be given. For whoever has, to him more will be given. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away. Now, I've told you before, most times we, we set out on this thing, you know, we make all the preparations and we do things. And, and uh, I get done with the, the thing and I go back to editing it and I found out, boy, I spent a lot more time on that than I was thinking to. So I cut this one down. This is all the verses we're going to get into here. So I'm pretty sure I can get this in with the time slot that I expect myself to get it done in. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. But um, I don't know. I remember how maybe you heard me tell the stories with Brother Rick. When Brother Rick would come to church, I would get out to hear Brother Rick. If, I, if Brother Rick did not teach for at least an hour and a half, I felt gypped. He tells us that over in the services he has in the Soviet Union, when he used to pastor there, uh, if they had the, if the service, the whole service from start to finish did not last four hours, they felt like they were gypped. Now, of course, it takes a long time to get there from, from where they're at because of traffic and such is, is, uh, is pretty tough. But um, I, I, I love listening to brother. Now, some people, 20 minutes, I'm done with them. You ever been there with that? <coughs> but I, can, I, can, I hope you enjoyed brother, brother Rick and some of the things he was going. I had a brother Rick week, week this week. You're not getting one on, on tomorrow. But I must have listened to five, six, seven different brother Rick things, and then I interspersed uh, Brother Fred Price, and I was going back and forth between them, and I found some uh, older Fred Price things, too, and I was enjoying listening to some of those, but let's take a look at this, let's take a look at the verses that were in here, 
He said to them, is a lamp brought to be put under a basket or under a bed? Is it not to be set on a lampstand? Is a lamp brought? That word here, brought. That word brought, is it's the Greek word, erkomai. And it means to bring from one place to another. Basically the same thing that means in English. If you were to bring something, if you were to have brought something, then you took it from here and put it over here. How many of you did that just today or yesterday? You brought something from one room to another, from one place to another. If you do that, if you have brought something from here over to here, undeniably, there is a purpose for you to have done it. We don't just bring things, do we? Oh, you know what? I think I'm just going to bring this from here over here. I don't know why. No, there's a purpose for it. There's a reason. I need this particular thing over here. Or I want this particular thing with me. And so I have brought it. There's a purpose. When he talks about this with the lamp, there is a purpose in bringing the lamp. Why do you bring the lamp? What is the reason that we would bring a lamp? Because we need its light. I need its light. So if I'm going to bring it, and the purpose for bringing the lamp, those little lamps, they don't have a whole lot of function. Now here's where it would help you out if you saw the video Especially the part where I said, make sure you are watching the video at what, 22 minutes, something like that. Uh, so if you go back, make sure you're watching the video. You can just listen audio at the rest of the time, but make sure you're watching the video around 22 minutes for the next eight minutes. He's going to spend some time and you're going to want to see that. But he brings out what a lamp was for these people, for Jesus, for the, the people he's speaking to. He brought out what a lamp was for them because he, he first brings out the candle. He says, no, if you're thinking this, they didn't have a candle. They had a lamp. And he showed all the different parts of the lamp and the different functions. And that was neat. I'm not going to tell you all that. You can go back on the video and you can see that. It was pretty neat the way all the different parts of the lamp uh, came into that. And he, uh, it just was a great interaction. If you don't see anything else on the, on the video, you just watch that. It'll be worthwhile for you. How many have saw it would say it would be worthwhile to see that? I appreciate both of you. But look at what he says here. Is a lamp brought to be put under a basket or under a bed? Is it brought to be put under a basket or under a bed? Is it not to be set on a lampstand? So there's a purpose. You bring the, 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 the lamp out and it has a place in the home. The reason for it is it's an open flame. And there's oil. There's flammable things with it. And so you want to make sure that it doesn't get knocked around that it doesn't get spilled, that the damaging things don't happen with that. You put it on the lampstand, and then people know there's a there's a light here, there's something here. We don't want to get into that. It's not like we have today. I brought this uh, this out here for you. I've had this little guy here for uh, a couple of years now. I don't even know when I when it was that I got it. Uh, and, and what this is, this is not a flashlight. This is actually a very unique light, and when we need it, it works out really well. That's for what we want to do. Most of the time that we have this, I turn it on like this. It is is very, very low. You can barely even tell probably from where you're at that this is even on, but this is on. And uh, when the kids stay over, the grandkids stay over at night, They a lot of times they like to have at night, uh, a, a light at night. And so we take this real low light and we just set that in the room. And this way it gives them light in the in the room and if they need to get up or do anything, well, they, they have that there. If we have some blackouts in the in the night... 
I can take this, put it on low, put it into the bathroom or put it in different places. You can actually just pick this up and then take it with you. It'll light up the whole room. It, it gives light out in all directions. It's more like a, a lantern. And so you can have that. And uh, this set on this stage with this battery, I believe they can go for probably two days and not run out. I'm, it might even be able to go longer than that. I've never really had to test out how long it can go. Um, it can cover a couple of nights with the grandkids and not need to be charged up. But then if you want more, you just uh, take the button and you just hit it and you can get a little bit more light out of it. And then if you want more, you can just hit it again and you can get some. Now, that's pretty bright, isn't it? There's even a higher setting than that. So you can get up pretty high on the, on this thing and it can go pretty good. What's really nice about this is uh, when we're outside and if we have people over in the, in the nighttime, uh, it's got a magnet. And so we have a little uh, area that we can close off and we take this with the magnet and we stick it up on the fan. And we now have light in the, in the area where we're at. Um, Lamar Mandy were over one time when we did that, I think, and we stuck that sucker right on up there. And it just uh, it goes to town. Uh, you can't re- you can't take a flashlight and have it do these things that this does. This is a, a more like a lantern. It's giving light off into the entire room and not necessarily onto a particular spot. So we have that. So that's the effect that the lantern would have. It gives light into the into the whole room. And if I'm to bring this out, it has a purpose. I'm bringing it in for a purpose. If I'm going to turn this on, I'm not going to turn it on for the purpose of putting it under something. It has a purpose. The purpose is we want to bring it out so that we can get the light that we want. And, you know, if you had something like this, you can uh, set it for what kind of light that you want. You got the oil. You can set the wick for how much flame you want to be coming out there. You can adjust it uh, somewhat on, on those things. Flashlights have come a, a long way in, in, all these, uh, in all these things. I don't know if most of you do. But some of mine, most of mine are, are several years old. Um, this is one I only keep around here in the church because it has a magnet on the side. And a lot of times when I have to fill things up, I just take this, the magnet holds it up on the side and it shows signs down into the tank. And when I'm filling things up, I can see the exact amount that's in there. And so this works out over here. If I were to shine this in your eyes, understand this is probably five, six years old at least that they have uh, changed the technology on this. If I was to shine this in your eyes right now, it would blind you. You think that was bright? This is twice as bright. You can now get one that's about half this size, and I have uh, one that's half this size, and that's my main light I keep around the, the night because I need low light to get up. That has a red light, it has a low light. I can do that and not disturb anybody and get around and do what I have to do. But uh, they'll have ones that are half this, this size, and they will put out about 1,400 lumens. Now, you cannot get that on a regular battery a battery flashlight. If you have a AA, if you have a C battery, if you have a D cell battery, you will not get the kind of light that I can get out of this little battery that's in here. Even as old as this is, this will outperform any flashlight that you would buy at the hardware store that takes alkaline batteries because of the battery that's in here. The battery is special. It's able to give out its power at a higher rate than those alkaline batteries are. And plus it's rechargeable. So it makes it real easy to uh, to recharge it. For this one, it's re- recharged. All i got to do is take this little magnet thing on the end, put it on there, and, it, and it's recharging. It works out uh, very, very nice. But uh, there's, there are some that you can get. In fact, this one has a mode for that. Uh, you can put it into a strobe. Why in the world would anyone want to have a flashlight that goes into a strobe mode? Anybody wondering that? 
self-defense. If you want to have a self-defense mechanism around and don't, don't want to have a gun, have a flashlight that will go into, a, uh, into this, um, I forget the name, that, that escaped my, my head, but it goes into a strobe. And it, it just on and off, on and off, on and off. And uh, you shine that. For some people, it will put them into a seizure. But it will so disorient them that they won't be able to function the way they would if they were just, just in your home. So you put that on it, on it, and they, when they go into strobe mode, they go into their highest mode. They are intensely high. You're looking at throwing a thousand, fourteen hundred, fifteen hundred lumens at them, and then turning it off, and then turning it on, and then turning it off, and it will disable even the strongest of people. Um, those are, are great things to have inside there. I have a of a couple around. I know how to get into each one into the self defense mode, or into the low mode, or into all these these particular things that you can do. But that's not what they had. Don't think of the lantern in light of, of a flashlight because a flashlight is made to illuminate an area. That little lantern thing I showed you has made more of what they would do. But they had to have more intention with it. They had to put the oil into the container. They would had to have the wick and adjust the wick and they had to uh, light the thing. And then they're carrying it very carefully and then putting it on a particular place. It has a lampstand. It has a place in the home that you set this thing. I don't need a place for these to be in home. I can put them in my pocket. I can just pull it out when I need to. But this is what they had. They were intentional with this. So when it says that they did this with purpose, they took it from where it was, they did all the things they needed to do to get it to light, and then they brought it out. You don't go through all that to put it under a bushel, a bucket. You don't do that to put it under a bed. You've got to put it out to where the light is revealed. So if you brought it out and put it into one of these places, you would negate its purpose. So why in the world are you bringing this out anyway? Now, if you put it under a basket, if you were to take the, the light and you were to put it under a basket, what happens to a candle if you put it under a container? It will go out. It will extinguish the candle. Sometimes we read these things through. We're not thinking about the what they have. They have a lantern. They have a flame on this thing. If you just put it under a, a, a bushel, not only are you containing the light, but you're also extinguishing the light. And it will go out. So under a basket, this would, this would or could suffocate and extinguish the light. But at least it's going to cover up the light. Now this is external things like persecution, deception, wrong application of scripture. It causes the purpose of the word not to be seen. When we get into, you take a scripture and you wrongly apply it, you wrongly understand it, then you're going to use it in a way in which it was not intended. Like most people. Most people use a screwdriver for things other than what is intended. Isn't that right? You know, go get me a screwdriver. You know, I want to pry this thing off. No, no, there's, there's a better things for that. We use tools all the time for things they were not intended for, either because I can't find it, I don't have it, uh, things like that. But persecution will come. Deception. I've been deceived on, on this verse. Wrong application will come. And the purpose of the word will be lost. You have to make sure that the purpose of the word, the purpose that God had given it, is preserved. Because if you don't take the word that was given, the word that you heard, and use it for the proper purpose, you will lose what it was to gain in your life. Now how about under a bed? 
Now, sometimes we can look at this under a bushel, under a bed, same thing. It's not the same thing. Under a bed is different from under a bushel. If Jesus meant the same thing, he wouldn't have said two different things. He would, he's, he's getting two different points across here. The first point he's getting across is you put it under a bushel, you're going to extinguish that thing. It's going to go out. And most times people, they hear the word, but they're not putting it to get, to put it to work right. They don't understand it properly. So they're, they're not using it the way that it's supposed to be used. And they're not getting the purpose for it out. And eventually it will just extinguish in their life. They just won't do anything with it anymore because it's not working. But here's the other, under the bed. If you were to take, I was going to bring my little, uh, eternal candle out here. And I, I forgot to do that. But just imagine that I had a lighter or one of those uh, big lighters, uh, and I lit it up. And if you had that flame going, and you took that flame, and you put it under your bed, what would happen? Nothing good, right? How many of you have ever read this, script, this scripture in here, and understood that if you put it under your bed, you catch your bed on fire? See, there's a different purpose he has for saying this. Because here's two things that can happen. If you misuse the purpose of the word, if you don't understand the purpose, or you take the word for what it was, it was supposed to do this, and I'm taking it over here and using this, one thing, you can extinguish it in your life because you're not going to give it the attention. You're going to get tired of it. You're going to give up on it. The other thing is, you can set some things, some things on fire. This would set a fire and cause destruction. Now, when it says under a bed, do not think bed you're sleeping that is not what's in mind here. When it says bed, it's not meaning the, the bed you go home and you put your, your uh, open up the covers, get inside, you crawl in, you, you sleep. Why in the world are you bringing a lantern to bed? Right, right. Why would you bring a lantern to bed? You don't. What this word is talking about here is basically what you would call a sofa or a lounge, and they had these at the at the tables. How many have ever, do you have a, in your living room, how many have one of those sofas that actually has the lounge part on the side? That builds in the, the, like the stool and it's all one thing. You can just kind of lay out on it. My wife loves them. I despise every fiber about those things. I, I just don't like them. I don't like recliners. We have a, we have a seat that's a recliner. And if you ever come over to our house and we're sitting and watching something on TV, my wife will be on one end with the recliner up. She's reclined. She is relaxed. She likes to go out there. Me? No. No. I do not do recliners. I don't like recliners. I am uncomfortable in recliners. I want to, if I am sitting, I want to be sitting. If I want to go to bed, I go to bed. But when I'm sitting on the sofa, I I am in the minority on this. That's why Lazy Boy has a job. I understand that. Lazy Boy makes products for people who like to recline. I don't have one, never asked for one, never desired one. I'm just not a reclining type person. We, uh, we went to a movie on a way back uh, a couple years ago. The kids, the grandkids wanted to go out to the movies. We went out to the movie. They had just redone the AMC theater on 309. I don't know what to, I'm expecting a movie theater. So we go in there and now all of a sudden you got to pick your seats. What? No, we just go in and you find seats. That's how you do it. I know how this thing goes. No, no, no. You can't do that. You gotta pick your seats now. Alright, so we pick seats and we did all that and we get on out there and we sit on down to things. These are not chairs. They recline. And of course the grandkids are out there with us. What do they want to do? 
They want to recline. That was the most uncomfortable movie I ever watched. As soon as they would get up from me and go over to somebody else, that seat was right back in the upright position. I just, I'm not one for that, but that's what they do now. And so now all the movie theaters, I guess, are, are, are going in that direction. You gotta pick your seats and, uh, fortunately there's not too many movies I want to go out there and see. So that does help us out. Now put it this way. Has the seed or the, the seed word ever been extinguished in its purpose in your life? Or in the life of other people that you know? Has it ever been extinguished in its purpose? Well, yeah. Has it ever caused its light to be hidden or muted? Has the word that is in people ever been caused to be muted? Well, we saw even the book of Acts, you will no longer preach in this name. They're trying to mute it. And they said, well, obey God or obey you guys. What do you think? We're going to obey God. So they didn't listen to it. But the word is constantly being tried to be uh, hidden or muted. Even today, people are under, churches are under persecution to accept certain things. And if you accept, don't accept them, then you're going to be uh, persecuted and, and pressured until you do. And who's, who is that? That one, um, uh, just heard the story. The one girl who uh, uh, lost the first place position in the swimming race to the man. I heard she was down at a school and uh, they had this riot. And I heard her talking. I heard her interview on this thing and... And she was saying that uh, they actually just escorted her out and barricaded her in a room, and that the people uh, in there were, you know, we're gonna, we want to ransom in order to let her go. They wanted them to pay money for that, and you probably heard a lot of this uh, this story, and that no one was going to pay any money, and they assumed that she was paid by the university to be there, and she said they didn't pay me nothing. She just came in to express her views on it. No, you can't do that. You can't express your views on this. The other side is the only one allowed to express their views. And uh, that's that's not right. Even when they had that shooting by the person who was a trans individual, how long did it take until they let you know that that was a trans individual? Because they want to cover these things up. We gotta, we can't let certain things out. But if you were to come out and to say things, the word of God, the the world tries to pressure it to be hidden or to be muted. We don't care that it's there; just don't let it out. And the third used to set destructive fires. Have people ever used the Word of God in your life to destroy? People ever quoted scriptures at you for the purpose of injury, harm, to condemn you for the things that you're doing or not doing? And a lot of times they quote those things wrong. They have a misunderstanding of it. They took what was supposed to be light and they basically set it under a bed and caused it to be destructive and to set fires. This is what Jesus is talking about. Three things can happen. It can be extinguished, it can be muted, or it can be destructive. We don't want those things to be going on. Though the purpose of God's word is to change lives by being fruitful, other purposes can be obtained by changing how we use it. Just want to change how you use it. Now, Jesus first taught this principle in Matthew chapter 5. I know that Jesus taught this first because when we're looking at the parables, it wasn't until later in the, in the Gospel of Matthew that the parables were covered. But he taught this in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. 
You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. You see the similarities? Jesus had taught this earlier. Just as the salt can lose its flavor. And if, if salt has no flavor, does it have a purpose? You put salt on your food, why? Because you want to alter the taste. You want to, you want to bring that taste in. Anybody ever hear how J.C. Penney conducted interviews? I don't think it was for all interviews, but if he was going to hire one of his higher ups in the company, he would take you out to breakfast. And he would watch you order. You could order whatever you want. And he would watch you as the food came. He would watch you eat it. And if you took your eggs or your whatever it was, or whatever, maybe if it wasn't breakfast, maybe another meal. He said, if you salted the food before you tasted it, he would not hire you. Because you're too assuming. He fully expected anyone who was worthwhile him hiring would taste the food and if it needed salt, they would add it. That's what he would do. Heard that story years ago about, about him. Uh, very intriguing. But if you put the salt on and it didn't add any flavor to it, what good is it to have that salt? Just throw it out and get some more. It's not, salt's not all that valuable to begin with. But if it loses its flavor, it loses its purpose. The other thing, too, light can lose its purpose. If it's not set on a hill, if it's not put up high to where you can see the light, the light can go out into places, then what purpose does it have if you just have that light hidden? It's not going to have the same function. We've got to make sure that light gets out. If light is not in a position to give light, then it loses its purpose. We've got to make sure that the seed word that's on the inside of us, we use it to give light to the people that are around us. And he'll bring that out more in the, in the teaching that he does here. If we maintain the purpose, if we can maintain the purpose, you will maintain its value. If you lose the purpose for the salt, if you lose the purpose for the light, if you lose the purpose for the word that is in you, you will lose its value. You ever wonder why some people don't value the word? It's because they lost its purpose. It doesn't have the, its purpose in their life. Therefore, it has no value. I could show you a tool. I have this one website that um, uh, it's actually just a, uh, a work clothing place. And every once in a while, they put up an old tool. These tools predate me. They put up these old tools and they put a note up there. Who can tell us what this is? And for the most part, I'd say 95% of the time they put something up there, I have no idea. Never seen it, don't even know what it would do. But so I follow along to find out, all right, what was it and what did it do? <laughs> because you could look at that thing and you don't know its purpose. It has no value to you. But as soon as you can find out, oh, this is what it does. 
then it can have some value. Purpose and value go together. If the devil can take away the purpose of the word in you, he will take away its value. The last purpose is to give light and to reveal things in the room around us. That's one of the things that he says here. Let's take a look at that. Is a lamp brought to be put under a basket or under a bed? Is it not to be on a lampstand? For there is nothing hidden which will not be revealed, nor has anything been kept secret, but that it should come about. Nothing hidden, but that it should be revealed. Nothing hidden, but that it should be revealed. Now, sometimes we read that and we're thinking evil. I'm thinking there is something evil that has been done and it will be revealed. I've heard people use this in prayer when they want something to be come out and exposed. And I'm not saying you can't pray that way or that's not a good prayer to do. What I'm saying is the purpose here for what Jesus has is not about things evil. It's about things that are good. So as your outline, things hidden does not seem to infer things evil. These are things that are worth looking for. They are worth looking for. God's purpose in hiding anything is so that in searching for it, we grow. And in growing, we learn what is needed to handle the truth that is revealed. I learned how to handle that truth. Sometimes something is hidden because we want, we want it to be found. Anybody take part in any kind of egg hunts? With the, with the kids? You hide the eggs for what purpose? So that they can be, you don't hide them because you want them never to be found again. You hide them for the purpose of them finding them. And so some of them are really easy. Some of them are harder. You gotta work at them a little bit more. And then how many of you ever done this? A couple of the eggs have something special in it. Something far above what the other eggs have. And what do you do with those? You give them the best hiding place of the whole bunch. Because they gotta work hard to get that one. Now God is not hiding these things for the purpose of, I wanna make them work hard to get this thing. No. A lot of times in the working, in the pulling out of the getting ourselves to uh, find these truths, we mature ourselves, we grow ourselves, and I'm ready to handle the truth that's there. But if I never spent time going out there, then that wouldn't have helped. I wouldn't have done it. It's just kind of like your kids. When When they get to an age when they can understand something, oh, then we are able to share this with them. But you're looking for certain things to happen in their life, certain things for them to put together before before you share that. For this, for there is nothing hidden which will not be revealed. Everything that the Lord has hidden, everything the way that, that, that He has, has put away, it's put away for the purpose of it being revealed. You remember Daniel, when he found out about the 70 years and what his purpose was? He got all excited. He went to prayer. He said, oh, 70 years were determined. That, that 70 years is up. 70 years is up. And so he prayed, now what's up? And God could not wait to send the angel. He sent the angel right away. As soon as you were praying, as soon as your prayers were made, I was sent. Why? Because God did not hide this for the purpose of keeping it. It was for the purpose of revealing it. And then he sent the revelation back out. If anyone has ears to hear, verse 23, let him hear. Then he said to them, Take heed 
what you hear. Take heed what you hear. Now, the Greek word here for heed is the Greek word blepo. It means to look, see, usually implying more especially an intent. Earnest contemplation is rendered take heed. That's how it's, it's translated. It's translated take heed most of the times it's in the Word of God. To look or to see, to really implying more especially an intent. I am out here. I am going to find this thing. It's kind of like if you had one of those puzzles. You ever see those puzzles that come up on the on the internet or on the uh, different different um, Facebook pages? They'll give you two pictures. There's five differences between these. Can you find them? There's ten differences between these pictures. Can you find them? And you can't just look at them and come up with. You've got to look how with intent. And so you go over here. All right, the the boot on this one. Is it the same color as the one on, on this side? Is the wording on this side the same as the wording on this side? And so we're, we're checking these things. You have to look with intent. That's what it's talking about here. Take heed. Look with intent. Take heed what you hear. Don't just hear everything. Now, you can't stop stuff from coming to your ears. There's stuff that's going to come to your ears. You, can, you can't stop that. But I can stop it from getting on the inside of me. You can stop that. And that's what we got to do. I got to hinder. I got to keep those things from getting that way with me. That's what that word means. Now, some of the places where this is used, I'm just going to read these to you. If you want to write them down, you can. But in Luke 21, 8 and Matthew 24, 4, I believe Mark also uses this one when the same thing is, is asked. Jesus says to the disciples, because they asked him a question, Take heed that you not be deceived, for many will come in my name saying, I am he. And the time has drawn near, therefore do not go after them. Take heed, be careful, because a whole lot of people are going to come and say, I am the Christ, I am come in His name. But they haven't. Take heed, that's the same word that's used, and it's used in all three renditions when Jesus speaks to the disciples about the end times. Take heed that no one deceive you. Be watchful about this thing. 1 Corinthians 8 and 9, But beware lest somehow this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to those who are weak. Beware there is the same word. Basically say it this way. Take heed lest somehow this liberty of yours become a stumbling block. Colossians 2.8 Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the traditions of men, according to the basic principles of the world and not according to Christ. People are going to come along with a false gospel, false teaching and try and cheat you. He says beware. Take heed. I could keep on going once, but this gives you enough of an idea. One of the signs of growth and maturity, one of the signs that shows you that you are growing and you are maturing, is the ability to discern right and wrong teaching, right and wrong doctrine, light from darkness. You can also discern when God's hand is upon and when God's hand is not. You should be able to tell that. Many times when we have gone over things with you, things that are going in our nation, things that are going on politically. Many times I've taken you back to the Word of God. This is showing you this is the hand of the enemy. These are the traits. These are the things that are there. This is what shows you it's the hand of God. This is what happens. This is what goes on. It's always the same. Hand of God, it goes this way. Hand of the enemy, it goes this way. It's always the same. You should be able to recognize that. 
you should be able to grow to a point that, all right, I don't like this person, but I see that God is using them. All right, I do like this person, but I know that the hand of God is not on them. You've got to be able to differentiate between those things. You've got to be able to discern light from darkness. There are too many Christians out there, they can't tell the difference. And when someone comes up and preaches something that's darkness, they, oh, hallelujah, amen, glory to God. Don't be doing that. Be careful. Take heed. Beware. You've got to watch out for these things. That's what he's saying here. Let's read that again. Take heed what you hear. Now, we've already had the teaching. He's already talked to us about hearing. And that we ha- hearing involves us giving our attention. Giving our attention to the thing. Listening with the intent to receive it. And to make it feel welcome. All these things. He says, take heed now what you hear. Don't just go on out there and listen to stuff. Now, I can, I can filter out some false things that people teach. But if they're going to get up there and everything's going to be, most of it's going to be false, I have no reason to listen to them. I know that not everybody, I'm sure I'm not 100% of my doctrine yet either. But there are many people, they see, all right, well, this, is, this isn't right, but on this area, this is good. There's a, there's a couple of teachers. There was one teacher we used to listen to on our way to Ramah. On our way to Ramah, we would listen to him. This guy, he's a, I believe he's, he's Baptist in origin. And... Um, he is totally against divine healing, the gifts of the Spirit. To- I mean, so much against it. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> Just, But he was a great Bible teacher on everything else. And so we would listen to him on the way to Ramah. And uh, we, would, we would hear him teach. And as long as he stayed off of those two areas, he was wonderful. But when he got on those areas, we'd listen. We'd just smile. All right, well, you know, he's just not, he's just a little deceived. In this area. You've heard me talk about Kenneth Weiss. How many remember me talking about Kenneth Weiss? I like Kenneth Weiss. I, listen, I, I love his breakdown of the Greek. And I will, I will read his things often just to get a handle on the Greek. But if you get Kenneth Weiss into an area of scripture that deals with the gifts of the Spirit or deals with divine healing, he leaves the Greek and he goes to his doctrine. Now, I know that about him. So I know, all right, he is probably not the one to jump into for 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. We're going to stay away from uh, from uh, Kenneth Weist on, on those things. And I go to some other people who have a little bit more light in that area. Just because a person has some darkness in this area doesn't mean that every area is dark. But you keep letting that darkness in, the Holy Spirit's knocking on your door saying, hey, here's the light, here's the light, here's the light. And I keep saying, no, no, no. Eventually the darkness can come in. and I, I yield more to the darkness. Do you, want to, you don't want to do that. You've got to be careful on those, those particular things. So take heed to what you hear. You can't stop the sounds from coming to your ear, but you can be careful about what comes in. Brother Hagin used to put it this way. You can't stop the birds from flying over top of your head, but you can keep them from making a nest in your hair. Once you pick up on something not being right, not being God's light, not having God's approving hand, well, then don't listen to it and don't yield to it. Don't bring in its beliefs. Don't bring in its thoughts. Don't bring in its values. Set up a guard against it. Don't bring those things in. There are people out there and they will speak things to you that are not helpful. I had this out uh, way back when I didn't know a whole lot. I knew a little. 
but I didn't know a whole lot. And I was in uh, high school. And all through my high school years, all through my high school years, when I would get into church, I would hear from numerous people, Steve, you're going to be a pastor. You're going to be a pastor. And I refused to listen to them. Now, it was not because I was in rebellion to God. I was in rebellion to them, judging by what they saw. Because when I was in high school, none of you probably knew me then when I was in high school. When I was in high school, I knew the Bible better than most people in college. I had read the Bible five times cover to cover. By the time I graduated from high school, many other parts more than that. When I went to um, the King's College, they had a test that they would give you. And out of the 300 and some students that we had who took the test, everybody had to take the test. You had to take the placement test. They wanted to see what do you know as far as Scripture is concerned. Out of the 350 or so students that we had that were freshmen that year, seven people passed it. It was a pass-fail. It was not A, B, C, D. It was a pass-fail. Either you passed it or you didn't. If you passed it, you could opt out of your first-year Bible classes. So of the seven people who passed, I was one. And I was the only one who didn't go to a Christian college. Somehow they made sure that I knew that. They came to me and said, only seven people passed this and you are the only one who didn't go to a Christian college. They wanted to know, how did you do that? You went to a secular uh, high school. How did you do that? I just read the Bible. That's all I did. I just read the Bible. I just kept reading it. Now I was asking questions like, in Jeremiah chapter 20, he's exhorting the people on what? And you'd have to be able to tell them. So, I mean, there were some real intricate parts about that, but I had just read it so many times, I didn't try and memorize it. I could just do that. And most people who saw me, they saw I had, I had a great love for the Word. I had a great understanding or knowledge of the Word. In fact, we had a youth group, and they got together, and the youth leader decided, let's challenge all of them to read the New Testament through in whatever period of time they were going to do it. And so um, I didn't want to do that. So I went up to the, him afterwards, and I said, look, I just finished reading the New Testament. Would you mind if I read the Old Testament in the same amount of time? He was a little shocked, tried to hide that from his, his face. He said, no, 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 if you want to do that, it's fine. So I read through the Old Testament in the time span that the other people were supposed to read through the New Testament. Not a single one of them completed it. I was the only one who completed it. And to this day, I still have the little Strong's Concordance that they gave me to, for a reward. I don't ever use it. <laughs> it's still around there. Eventually, I guess it'll have to go away. But you see, most people were looking at me and they're saying, you're a pastor because you know the word so well, because you know the word so much better, because you love the word. I said, no, that's not how you get to be a pastor. You get to be a pastor because God calls you. And I knew that. And so I was pursuing biology and things in that area and was very content to continue to go on that way. I picked the college that I was going to because of its biology structure and the things that were going in that. I took a lot of things in high school to get myself ready for it. I was ready to place out of the first year biology classes so that I could just jump on ahead to the second year ones and get going. Everything was all set for that. I went into, did the science fair. In fact, one of the last science fair I did, uh, the Navy was interested in my work. And they actually wanted to pursue some of the things that I was doing. That gave me the first Navy Science Award for the, for the thing. They were interested in what I had uh, uncovered in the uh, work that I was doing. Love biology. I still love biology. I still have a, uh, an affection for that. But that's where I was going. And I remember the day that the Lord started dealing with me. No, I, I want you to pastor and I want you to pastor a church and basically told me right then I'm going to pastor a church back in your, your home area. Okay. Well, I yielded to it because it was God saying it. I know don't, don't accept these things because people say it. 
I've seen people, and I didn't see anybody then, but I've seen people since then. I've seen people take on the title of pastor who were not called to be a pastor. And several of them died. Other ones just fell into such disrepair in their life. It was terrible. Don't, don't do that. Don't take on a role that God has not called you to. Don't let people tell you, well, this is what's in your life. No, you let God tell you those things that's in your life. So fortunately, even though I was young, I had enough sense to know God calls, not people. And so when God called, I was there to answer. But I refused it for all those years when the, the other people would tell me at church and, you know, this is the right direction you ought to go. No, I know, knew better than to do that. Take heed. Be careful what you listen to. Because people will try and come along, they'll put things in your head, but they're not in the Word of God. You can follow the same guidelines I do. Make sure that if you're going to take anything into your life, make sure that it's in the Word. It's in the Word often. And what's the third one? Somebody did it. Do that. I mean, it's great things to follow. If God wants you to do this, put this in your life, then you will find it in the Word clearly. You will find it in the Word often, and you will find somebody who did it. It's not good to hear the Word preached or taught if it doesn't teach you the will of God. Make sure that what you hear is teaching you the will of God. Now, let's get into this last word. This last word is intriguing. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Then he said to them, take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. For whoever has, to him more will be given. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Now, when I was getting these things ready, I was thinking, you know, during the week, that first part, like Thursday, I had to spend time on Zechariah. Because we got Zechariah coming up. We're starting that up on Wednesday. I wanted to spend some time getting a handle on some of the things we're going to be doing with that. And Friday I was looking around, where are we going to go into parables? What are we going to do? And it wasn't really until Saturday morning that I really nailed down where we're going to go. And so most of Saturday morning, I'm, I'm just trying to, I'm looking this thing over. I'm trying to figure it out. Because I'm looking over and says, I've got to make the beginning jive with the end. I've got to make sure that I have an understanding of the beginning all the way on through to the end. I've got to understand why is it that Jesus put this thing here. So I just, I kept trying to saturate myself in this. I was reading it in the Greek. I was breaking down the words. I even went out. I, I actually did this because I was hitting a brick wall. I was trying to, I'm not, not seeing it anywhere. Maybe somebody else has, has uh, taught this before. So I went up on YouTube and I did a search for this thing. I found two people who taught on this. Two. Now, maybe there's more. If I did some more searches, I'd find some more. But I found two people who taught on it, and people I'd never heard of before. And so I listened to the one. I got a half, about halfway through and it says, he's not going to tell me anything. And I listened to another one. I didn't get five minutes in that. and said, this guy has, there's not even any word in him. Wow. So I, I left that. So I went back meditating on it. Meditating. God, you got to teach me about this thing. I, I, I'll tell you, I, I don't know enough about this. I went, broke out Rick Renner's books. Maybe Rick has, uh, has delved in these particular verses. Not a, nothing. Rick never touched even the areas of scriptures in the chapter. It's gone. It just wasn't there. All right, so I'm not going to get anything from Brother Rick. And uh, I'm just, I pulled out a couple of commentaries, see what they had. There's no light on, on those things either. They're breaking it down. And it, it just, it wasn't uh, where we're going. So I'm, this is what, this is part of the, part of the thing that was really giving me a hang up on this. Because you understand what he's been teaching so far, right? With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. Now, how many have ever heard this verse applied to money? 
Yeah. Is Jesus talking about money? He is not. What's he talking about? The word seed. And it producing fruit. He's not talking about money. Now, I'm not saying that, that key, you can't apply that or get that teaching in other places in Scripture. But that's not what he's teaching here. Now, see, I knew that. But I got, I got what, what is it you're teaching? With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you here, more will be given. Now, he said, take, he just got done. Take heed what you hear. And if we allow bad things to be heard... We'll become a sower of what is bad, right? If I allow bad things in, if I allow bad seed in, I will sow bad seed. You all know this. How many of you have friends? And they were sharing with you some things that they learned, some things that they heard, and you're saying, oh, oh, <laughs> no, my Bible doesn't teach that. They got bad seed in them, what are they selling? So bad seed. That's why you got to take heed what you learn. Because you will sow bad seed if you allow bad seed in. Now, one way to look at this verse is by quantity. How free we are to share the light that we have with others determines how much more we are given. That's one way you can look at this. If I am free to distribute the light that I receive, then I will be more inclined to to receive more. So it's kind of like this. If we were to take this little, little lamp, and um, there's there's two ways you can charge this. One, you can unscrew this whole thing and pull the battery out, put the battery into a special charger and charge it on up. Or you can just lift this thing up and stick it right on there with a the USB. Which way would you choose? That's right. <laughs> just stick that thing right on there. It's a whole lot easier. You can stick that on. Now, if you if you stick this on and you charge it up, and you, you spend whatever, you know, maybe a, maybe an hour, if it's empty, maybe it takes an hour to charge it on up. And then you pull it on off, and then you turn it on, and you get two minutes worth of light out of it. Hour on the charger, two minutes of light. How many people are going to keep charging this thing? No, we're either going to get rid of it and get something different, or if we can, we'll change out the battery and get that to work. It's kind of like with your phone. How many know your phone doesn't, the battery doesn't last as long as it used to? Eventually, it gets to this point that you either have to change the phone or change the battery. They're not so easy to do anymore, are they? Got to usually take it someplace. If God sees that you are giving out the light that he's given you, would he not give you out more? The New Living Translation translates this just a little bit differently, though. This is verse 24 in the New Living Translation. Then he added, pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given and you will receive more. So the way he translates it here, it's not so much that you are dealing it out, but that you are spending time to understand it. I'll give it to you this way. How many of you have ever tried to explain the concept of something that you are well-versed in to someone who was not well-versed in it. If that person is receiving of the knowledge, how much easier is it? If that person spends time to think about it and to figure out, all right, now do you mean do it like this? And they're, they're spending time, they're getting it. You, you don't mind spending time with them, do you? But if they just kind of, all right, yeah, all right, fine. 
And then if you try to get it, now how would you do that? Oh, I really don't know. You're not going to spend time with them anymore because they're not really applying themselves to this thing, right? I've told you this story before, though. Chenzo, he just impresses me so much. I have, I, each one of the grandkids, we have conversations in different ways. Lissy is, uh, is in one direction. I love conversations with her. Chenzo is another way, and I love conversations with him. Uh, I adapt to whoever is there, and we have the conversations with them. But Chenzo, his mind, his, he loves figuring out how things work. He wants to know how it works. Don't just tell me not to do something. Tell me what will happen if I do it. Tell me why I shouldn't do it in this way. And he'll sit there and he'll listen to you. And he'll sometimes even repeat it back to me. Sorry, I've, I've told you this before, but I love this story. I still remember this story about him. Uh, I believe he's, uh, he was three when we went down to Noah's Ark. Anybody ever seen the Noah's Ark uh, thing they have out there? We were down there and we were all looking at all the exhibits and things like that. And uh, as we're wandering around and, and Chenzo's three-year-old boy, he's, he's just kind of stuck. He was watching in this one area. He just kind of stayed there. And the rest of the family was moving on off. And I noticed that he was staying behind. So I'm kind of keeping an eye on him and seeing somebody keeping an eye on him. He's not like Lumi. He'll at least stay in one place for a little bit. And uh, Lumi, you don't, don't trust her. Do not trust her. No. If you don't see her, she is in trouble. If you don't hear her, she is in trouble. You don't have to worry about it. You just got to go find out what kind of trouble are we in and how bad is it. That's all you got to do. Chenzo, not so much. So he's over there. He's watching this thing. I'm watching him watch the videos. And there's a video on the Noah's Ark. And they did this video on all the Noah's Arks that have been in in the legends. And they built each one of them. And then they tested them out. And they found that the only design that actually worked was Noah's, the, the one in the Bible. He watched the whole thing. And so I saw it was coming to an end, so I came on over to him. I still remember his words. Loved the look on his face. He did not have a look, look of bewilderment. Perplexed. Three years old. He had a look of understanding. And so he just turned to me and he said, So it's the only one that works. That's his mind. I love talking with him about how things work. Sometimes he'll come up to me and he'll ask me a question. Chenzo is our question. He, he just loves questions. He'll ask a question about something. How, do, how is this? How does this work? How does this come about? And we'll sit there and we'll, we'll have some fun with it, figuring out how, to, how, how that thing comes about. And he sits in there and he takes it all in. And it's easy to go over that because he's taking it all in. This translation shows you that God is saying, When you sit there and you take it all in and you absorb it and you desire to understand it, oh, I can't wait to give you more. I I can't wait to give you more. I want to pour more out for you. Pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given and you will receive even more. Now measure here is an instrument for measuring. It's a vessel for receiving and determining the quality of things, whether dry or liquid. So if you were to go over and you needed a quart of milk, if you needed a cup of milk, you would take a container that would measure that and you would fill that container up. So now you have determined by that container that that's what you have. That's what you, that's what you needed and that's what you have. That's what this word is talking about. 
I looked up some of the other verses. I'm just going to read off two for you. you can, they're not in your outline. You can write these down if you want to. But you may, these, these may not jump out at you. Matthew 7 and verse 2 uses this exact same word. Matthew 7 verse 2. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Hmm. We could spend a whole Sunday just on this word. But I'm just going to try and run through it real fast here for you. With the same measure. With the same ability that you have paid attention. See, if I'm going to make a judgment on somebody, have I paid attention into what brought them to that place where they are right now? Have I paid attention into what kind of things they faced or what kind of things they had learned over the course of their life? What they were working with, what they were dealing with? Have I taken all that into consideration? Is my purpose to understand before making judgment? The, the less I spend in trying to understand a situation before passing judgment, that's how much is going to be understood about you before judgment is passed on you. That change that meaning a little bit? Romans 12.3, you all know this verse well, well. For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one, a measure of faith. A measure of faith. A lot of times we listen to this at, at quantity. And it can be qual- quantity and it can be a quality. But when God has given you a measure of faith, what he's saying is that faith is completely intact. Everyone has the same measure and everyone has the same quality. Luke 8, verse 16. This is the same same event. No one, when he has lit a lamp, covers it with a vessel or puts it under a bed, but sets it on a lampstand that those who enter may see the light, because that's the purpose. For nothing is secret that will not be revealed, nor anything hidden that will not be made known or come to light. Therefore, take heed how, in what way, or by what means you hear. For whatever has, for whoever has, to him more will be given, and whoever does not have, even what he seems to have, will be taken from him. There's a slight difference here. In Mark's gospel, take heed what you hear. In Luke's gospel, and it is a different word, take heed, therefore take heed how you hear. Take heed or take heed how, in what way or by what means you hear. So take heed what you hear, content. Take heed in the way in which you hear. You make sure that when you're hearing this, I am hearing this to understand it. I am hearing it to grab hold of it. I am hearing it so I can put this to use in my life. That's why I'm hearing it. I remember watched uh, Last Man Standing. I enjoyed that show. That was a fun show. I'd like one of the episodes that I remember from that was uh, the middle daughter, the spoiled one. The one who's all fashion and all that sort of stuff. Uh, she was out on a date with somebody and they had a flat tire. So they were late in coming back. And uh, apparently the guy called AAA to come and fix the tire. And I remember that uh, Tim, uh, I forget, what's his name in the show? Whatever his name is. Tim, Tim the tool man, the guy. <laughs> he, um, 
he said, what? You called AAA? You were out with a guy who couldn't even fix a flat tire? And he grounded her. <laughs> grounded her. You cannot go out of this house until you can change that tire. <laughs> I thought that was so great. And so here's this gal who's all, you know, nails, makeup, all that sort of stuff, out in the garage changing the tire. And she came back on in all greasy and everything like that, but I changed it. He said, all right, you can drive again. <laughs> you see, she had to listen. She had to understand how to change a tire. Not because she had a great desire for learning how to do that, but she had a great desire to get ungrounded. And so she spent the time to understand. You've got to get that way with God. All right, I'm not sure why I need to know this, but if you're teaching it to me, if you're taking time to give it to me, I need to know it. And so I am giving all of myself to understand this. And I will get a handle on this. Take heed what? Take heed how? Let's wrap it up here with this. Got a whole lot of blanks in there. And some room in the bottom to write something else. <laughs> all right. If we are attentive to what we hear, if we are attentive to what we hear. Seek understanding of it. Work to apply what we learn into what we do. Work to apply what we learn into what we do. I don't want to just learn this. I want to see how can I put it to work? How can I get it to go? And willing and deliberately, willingly and deliberately share it with others. I'm not just willing, but I am deliberately looking for opportunity to share what God has shown me to other people. Despite any bad attention it may draw. And the word will draw bad attention. Understand that. Jesus predicted it. There's the end of that. God will see us as good soil and intentionally sow more seed into us. God will see us as good soil and intentionally sow more seed into us. He's talking about the sower sowing the word. He's explaining this. He is telling them some things about what they need to do with the word when it comes into their life. How they need to hear it. How they need to be careful about what they hear. How they need to just exercise all kinds. Don't just let anything on in and begin to do it. Make sure that it's in the word. Because it can take you down a wrong direction. Don't let it go down. A, don't let yourself go down a wrong direction. God will intentionally do this. He will intent. He says, you see that one down there? See that Daniel down there? Look at how attentive he has been to the word. Sow him some more word. Get some more into him. I love what the angel was said when he came to Daniel. Daniel, Daniel, I was sent to you. And the Lord said, make him understand. <laughs> That's some of the best lines. Make him understand. Moses was diligent in pursuing understanding God and God gave him more understanding. Paul was diligent to understand God and understand this, this church and God was so interested in getting more into him that he says, Paul, we can do this better on my turf. And he called him up to heaven and said, alright, you're in this intent on learning these things? 
Let's just get in here in a one-on-one session in heaven. We're not hindered by all those other things. That's what Paul says. I was caught up in the heaven and told some things that are unexplainable. Because when God sees this kind of attitude in anyone, he will pursue you with the seed. Because if you had soil and this area of soil over here responded well to the, to the seed, you're going to do more. How many have some bare spots on the lawn? A couple people. Have you ever tried to take care of them? There are some bare spots that just seem to be perpetual bare spots. Anybody have a perpetual bare spot in their lawn? No matter what you do. We had some in our lawn. I, tell you, I, I went after it like nobody's business. Last fall. Fall's the best time. And I got out there with the rototiller and I rototilled it up. And then I took the seed and I sprinkled it over the top. And I got the seed that had the fertilizer built right into it. Sprinkled it over the top. And then I mixed it all inside the dirt and got dirt and put it over on top just so it's just, just enough cover. Not, not too much cover. Just enough cover so that the water would, would be able to wet it. And on some areas, I took some of that tarp stuff and I put that over, but it's expensive. I didn't buy a whole lot of it. And I put some of that over. And um, a little bit came up. How enthusiastic, how enthusiastic do you think I am this year about doing that? Not a whole lot. There was one area we had in the back when we took our fence down. We had all that, you know, all the stuff that happens around a fence. You know, it was a couple of bushes and stuff like that. So there was a lot of bare areas. So we had this whole thing like this. And I remember we went out out there. There was roots. There was all sorts of stuff. And, and my wife and I, we were working on this. I took the pickaxe and I'm going after all the roots. I'm hitting the roots. I'm digging all the roots out. Chopped up all the soil. I mean, I, I covered about, I don't know, it's about 15 feet, 20 feet, somewhere in that, that neck of the woods. Um, maybe 30 feet. It might have been full 10 yards. Hit it all. Pulled everything out. Dug it up. Put the, the grass seed on. Shook it, the, the stuff, so it got on inside. Then sprinkled some more on top just to make sure. And I had, uh, at that point, that year, I had, had some of that tarp. And I put it over the entire thing. I was so wore out, so incredibly wore out by the time that was done. There was, there was barely anything in me to put the tarp over top of it. There was barely, I was, I was getting to the seed. You got a seed. Steve, you got a seed. Keep yourself upright. Your back is sore. Your arms are sore. Everything is sore. Keep yourself upright. Get out there. Get the seed. If you do all this and don't get the seed in, I got the seed in. I put the tarp over top, but I did not have anything left to water it. Because it was going to be a project. I didn't bring the hose all the way out here. It's not, not real close by. I said, I got it done. And it stayed that way until finally the rain came. And the rain came and watered it. And I think it was about a week, two, maybe two weeks afterwards, the grass started coming on through. And I didn't water it at all. And I pulled the, the tarp on up, and there's grass all over. Now I'm, now I'm excited. I'm going to water this. <laughs> and so I watered it. And it came in. It came in beautifully thick and, and nice. And that looks good. And I got these other areas. And I just can't get it. You, you see, I want more soil like that that it produced. That's what God wants. He wants you to become the type of soil that when he gives you word, it's how. Not just the what. Be careful about the what. But now that I got the good stuff in, it's the how. I'm spending time. I'm going to understand. 
understand this. I'm going to get into this. God, I need you to give me wisdom. And I need you to give me understanding on this. I'm going to pursue this. And you will find that God will have the same attitude with you that he had with Daniel. Make them understand. Send them more. Why did Daniel get so many visions about the end time? Why did John get so much about the end times? There are other people. Why were they given so much? Because to him who has, more will be given. Because you've got this and you've been diligent with it. I'm going to give you more. Because I know if I give this this stuff, this is high octane stuff right here. If I give you this high octane stuff, you're really going to take it. If I give this high octane stuff to somebody over here who hasn't been doing a whole lot with it, it's just going to go to waste. I don't want it to go to waste. I want it to, I want it to be, I want it to be good. I want people to, to use this. And so, God's looking. Who is it out there? They will spend this kind of time with the word. Because I want to give them something. I've got plenty of seed. And I want to give you some. Are you going to be one of those people? Anybody can. You don't got to be a pastor, apostle, prophet, anything like that. You don't got to be one of those. All you got to do, God, I'm ready to learn. I am ready to learn. Teach me some stuff. And God says, let's go. (laughs) And he'll give you some of this. Oh, look at that. They really took to that. Mmm, here's some more. Oh, oh, I am loving this. They are just grabbing hold of everything they can. Here's some more. Pretty soon you've got God's attention on this. Why? See why he's talk- See why this is put in here? Because if you, you can become good soil and you can become really good soil. You can become 30-fold, you can become 60-fold, you can become 100-fold. Depends right here. This is the truth that will help you out. 30, 60, 100. Are you going to give it your all like this? Are you going to be satisfied with just some kind of a lame answer? Well, I guess it could just be this. All right, that's good enough for me. And then just go on. Are you going to be one who says, I see that there's something in here. I see that there's something here. I want to find out what it is. Would you all stand up with me? Glory to God. Father, I thank you for your word. Oh, your word is so good. Your word can change our life if we let your word come in and take root. We can change our life. We looked in the book of Ezra and we saw how they took the word and how it changed their life. Father, you want to do that for us. You're looking for more Daniels, more Johns that you can pour out this revelation to. And they will take that. They will apply themselves to understand it. And they won't put it under a bushel or look to set fires. But they will let it be what it was intended to be and that is a guiding light, an illumination into the people's lives. And you can do the same with us. Father, I thank you that you are mindful of us. But more than that, you are desirous to make us good soil and to have good seed and to produce a crop 30 even 60 even better a hundredfold thank you that we can make ourselves into good soil by getting rid of all the rocks pulling up all the weeds as they come up no distractions 
pursuing you. Thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I hope these verses mean more to you than when we started here today. That was certainly my goal, that they would, they would do that. Tomorrow, we have another video teaching coming out. And I haven't given you a Brother Fred Price in a while, so I have a Brother Fred Price for you. And for all those people who uh, love Resurrection Sunday services, I pulled out an old, this is young Fred Price. This is not older, mature Fred Price. This is young Fred Price. I love young Fred Price. Boy, he fires it at you fast. This is young Fred Price. He gets up there and he, he's teaching things on Resurrection Sunday. And he also will get into why Jesus did not die on Friday. You've heard me teach it. He's going to teach it just a little bit differently. Get to the same place. I can make a case for Wednesday. I can make a case for Thursday. He makes a case for Wednesday. And uh, he'll spend some time on that. But I hope you will you enjoy that. If you didn't get to the one we did last time, make sure you see that part with the lamp. You will enjoy that. That part is there. Wednesday, we start a new series on Zechariah. Be looking on Facebook. You're going to have that. And also, we're doing our Bible reading. We start the book of Revelation. How many are excited? Appreciate both of you. <clears throat> I put things up on Facebook and they don't always get a whole lot of attention that sometimes keeps me from going out there and doing a whole lot more with it. I'm going to try something here this week, maybe even the next week, but I will try and do this on a daily basis. That each day when you're reading chapter 1, I'm going to put something up there to help you with chapter 1. When you read chapter 2 on Tuesday, I'm going to put something up there to help you with chapter 2. Chapter 3, chapter 4, chapter 5. If it means something to you, if it helps you, if you enjoy it, put a like up there, put a comment up there. If you don't have access to Facebook, you can go on the church website. Everything is fed from Facebook to the church website. You can see it from there. You don't have to log into Facebook. You can't comment or like from there, but you can see it. Then you can just text me. Hey, I appreciate that. No, I didn't like that at all. I don't, it doesn't matter. Just let me know you're, that you're looking so far. You know, I know six people generally see things that I put up there. <laughs> but um, I'll, I'll work on doing this for the whole week. And uh, then maybe we'll, we'll keep that on as we're going through Revelation. I'm going to go back to some of my notes and pull out some things from it. And, uh, and put them up there. So we'll look for that to go up every single day. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday for the five chapters that we are reading. So let me know how that, uh, how that works for you. Have a great day. Bless some of the people that are around you before you go.